Again, we, we, we're here, we're, we're in a series, and um, again, it's always a pleasure to have an opportunity to, to share the Word of God, and I believe, again, as we continue to go through this series, uh, that we're going to get some help today, uh, and if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, I believe we're about two months deep into this thing, and this series has been titled, The Kingdom Manifesto. And of course, we've been highlighting the fact that this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain. And we know that this is the longest recorded sermon in the scripture uh, that we have to reference. And um, so it, it, it is good to go back and reflect on this, on Jesus' sermon, because basically what he has been sharing over these, over the, during this time and what we have been sharing over the last couple of weeks is the heart of God for believers the heart of God for believers and the title or the topic of what we're going to be speaking about today is going to be coming from the heart of humility we need to have a heart of humility and on last week you recall well actually two weeks ago we talked about anxiety and worry can y'all recall what we talked about anxiety and worry and we talked about how you know if we allow that to impact us too much um, it could have very significant impacts on our physical lives as well as our spiritual lives so almost we're going to continue somewhat in that same vein because sometimes we can take what is a healthy concern or a worry for an individual and if we don't watch ourselves over time, we can become judgmental, judgmental. And we have to be very, very careful about that because, you know, we're, we're living in a time today, guys, when people are just going to disagree with us. Everybody's not going to see the world the way we see the world. Everybody's not going to read that scripture and interpret it the way that you interpret it. And if we don't watch ourselves, we can become judgmental about things that aren't really even true. So we're just living at a time today, and as we're going to learn through Scripture, it is going to be very, very important for us to not become judgmental. We're to have a heart that is humble. The Scriptures that we're going to be referring to today is going to be in the seventh chapter of Matthew, verses 1 through 6. Now, this first scripture that we're going to read is probably not going to catch any of us by surprise, all right? We may, sitting in this room today, we may have used this scripture. And I'm hoping that, uh, that you may not have used it uh, inappropriately. Uh, but it is indeed one of the most commonly quoted scriptures of all time. And the scripture that we're referring to, Matthew 7 and 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure many of you in this room have said, stop judging me <laughs> or get away from me. Why? And the reason why we do it, we, we, we have probably have been hurt by somebody who was too critical Somebody who had a stance that they were, they were not interested in communicating the differences 
but more or less just pointing the finger at you. And so we've been hurt, and we've used this scripture here in error, and we say, stop judging me. Another reason why individuals may use this scripture inappropriately is that we're living in a time, guys, and y'all see this. You, all you have to do is just to click on the internet or go to any of your um, uh, tools that you use as it relates to social media. There seems to be this, this universal mindset of you must accept me any way that I am and get away from me with your standards, even if they're godly standards. There, there, the, the world today wants no accountability. And any time you try to inject even the smallest amount of truth into that, in, into that situation, what do they say? Don't judge me. So we have to look at this scripture, and I'm hoping to bring just a little bit of clarity to it. As Jesus is communicating to, 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 to the individuals here, it says, judge not. We, we, it sounds like that's exactly what he's saying because it says it right there. Judge not. But I don't believe that's what he's actually communicating. And the only reason, or there are multiple reasons that we can actually assume that that's not what Jesus is meaning, because we can look at several opportunities in the scriptures to where Jesus actually judges. We have to look at the, the woman that was caught in adultery. You know, remember that story? The group of men, they brought her out there and they threw her on the ground before Jesus. And they wanted Jesus to judge. And guess what? They got more than they bargained for. They got a whole lot more than they bargained for. Jesus actually judged. And he judged properly. So we can glean from that one story alone that Jesus is not telling us to not judge. Right? So now that we have established that we can judge, I think the next thing that Jesus wants us to learn here is how to judge properly. There is a right way to judge, and then there's a wrong way to judge. The wrong way to judge is called judgmentalism, and we're going to define that in a little bit. But let's look at what right judging looks like. Right judging is discerning truth based on facts. Discerning truth based on facts, not opinions and appearances. Y'all have heard it said time and time again that our opinions may not mean a whole lot to everybody else. Our opinions are nothing more than what? Our feelings, our thoughts. These are the things that grandmama taught us. These are the things that our parents taught us, our coaches may have taught us. And guys, they're not all right. I was 29 years old when I gave my life to Christ, and guess what? I, I had some stinking thinking. I had some twisted ways. And us even sitting here in the room today, outside of the black and white of the scripture, we have some, some, some twisted ways, right? So we want to be careful that we do not uh, uh, incorrectly judge someone just based on our opinions. A lot of times we, we, we discern too quickly, discerning truth based on facts, to me, that when we use the word discerning, this at least, at, at a small amount, implies that, hey, I, I'm going to consult God about this. Can I, can I take just a moment to pray about this before we so quickly rush into a judgment that might actually end up 
hurting someone. So a, a, a characteristic, again, we want to be discerning. This is how we get to right judgment. Also, right judgment, judging is selfless. It's selfless. It has the other person's best interest at heart and not ours. Right judging is just and it's fair. I think about the lady that was caught in adultery, the woman that was caught in adultery. When you look at that story, you can clearly see that those guys were not just. That was not fair. I mean, they slung that lady out there that was telling Jesus to, to judge her. The first question I had to think is like, where's the guy? Where's the guy in that situation? There was no discerning there. There was no, there was no uh, uh, proper judgment there. They rushed to a conclusion. John 7 and 24 says it like this. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Judge with right judgment. You know, we're going to see a lot of things as we walk this earth. And we're going to see a lot of people do things that don't line up with either the way we believe or may not even line up with Scripture. But guys, we have to be so careful not to just jump on those appearances because guess what? Scripture lets us know that God looks at the, the heart. He looks at the heart. It's not to say that he doesn't look at the appearance side of it. But man, there's some other steps that we have to make sure that we don't leave out. And that's how we get to right judgment. Let's not go only on the appearances and the things that we see alone. So let's look at what is judgmentalism. Judgmentalism, quite different than right judgment. It is finding fault with people without properly discerning the circumstances. In essence, it's looking for the wrong. Don't raise your hand and don't point the person out. But there are some people that they're just looking for evil. They're looking for the worst in people all the time. So they can point that finger at them and tell them how wrong they are and tell them how small they are and to condemn those individuals. And that's not the heart of God. We're not supposed to be walking around looking for fault in people. And again, we've already stated this as it relates to right judgment. Judgmentalism is highly based on appearances and opinions. Very much so. And it's selfish. As we talk about our opinions, guys, we, 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 we're, we're, we're open. I, I encourage, I'm not saying don't, don't throw your opinions away. That's who you are. But just because you have an opinion doesn't make it valid. It's your opinion. It's not based on facts. But so many times, especially out there in our social media outlets, we come with our opinion and we beat people up. And that's judgmental. And we're not to do that. So judging properly can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. And even with the clarity that we've just kind of described between judging rightly and judgmentalism, you, you might be saying, you know what? <laughs> That's enough to make me just kind of step back. I, I'm not going to judge anybody. I'm not going to judge anybody. I, I don't want to be the one responsible for hurting someone. But this next slide, I think, says it best. It says the opposite of improper judgment isn't no judgment at all, but rather proper judgment. Your concern to not want to hurt someone is spot on. It is spot on. It is valid for you to not want to hurt someone. 
it is not okay to say that we're not going to do what we have been asked to do. As the body of Christ, we are responsible to a very large degree to hold each other accountable. Let's go to our next verse, Matthew 7 and 2. This tells us how judging impacts us. You might not know this, but when you judge someone, it has a, a direct impact on you. In fact, the way you judge actually says a lot about your heart. It says a lot about your heart. Verses 7, 7 and 2 says, For with the type of judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I want to focus on the type of judgment. The type of judgment. We've already kind of described them a little bit. But try this scenario for, 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 for size. Let's say, for instance, you have done something that does not line up with the Word of God. And a brother or a sister comes and begins to tell you about, hey, man, I've kind of seen this right here. This doesn't quite line up with Scripture right here. And they've done it all the right way. Would you want that person to come to you in a loving, kind, gentle manner? One that's filled with God's grace and mercy? One that's restorative? Would you want that type of pronouncement to be upon your judgment or your, 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 your situation? Or would you like for that person to come to you in a condemning way, in a belittling way? One that at the end your will is broken and you feel like your spirit has just been crushed. One that makes you feel like, man, you, you just this, this, this small and, and you're not of any value now for nobody. That's what this scripture is implying here. Jesus makes it very clear that we're not supposed to do this because, number one, it, it tells us to, to imitate him. But, but the, the scripture says, I didn't come to, Jesus is saying, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So we have to ask ourselves the question, when we're correcting and communicating uh, to individuals, are, 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 we, are we condemning? Or are we trying to win that brother back to Christ? Or we're trying to save them from going farther down a road that we know that they should not be going down. Now, we can read a scripture like Matthew 7 and 2 and talk about the type of judgment. Of course, I think all of us would want to be properly judged. You can hear a scripture like that and says, which basically, again, I'll reread it. So, for with the type of judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And some of us is probably like, uh-huh, he's going to get what he deserves now. That's what you get. And probably in your heart and in your mind, you're probably thinking, hmm, karma, karma. We may have used that word before. And guys, we had a lot of conversation this past week when we were preparing for this message about karma. Don't confuse this scripture with a term that we use today. To pronounce judgment on individuals. A lot of times when I hear this word, it comes with a sense or a tone of vengeance to it. And that's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of God. God is not wishing evil upon people. God, again, he came to save the world, not to condemn the world. We have to know that we live in an imperfect society with imperfect people. And they are going to hurt us. They're going to hurt individuals that we love. But man, when they stumble and when they fall, Scripture is very clear 
that our heart should be restorative. We're not to rejoice in their failures. Proverbs 24 and 17 through 18 says it very, very clearly. He says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. And let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. That's not the heart of God. And when, when, when you see God doing what he does, we're not to rejoice in that. a matter of fact, I, I like to stay just way away from that. Vengeance belongs, Scripture says, unto the Lord. And guys, that's a safe place for it. Why? He's the perfect judge. He knows all the facts. He's seen everything. He knows your heart. He knows that person's heart. Why don't we find a safe zone today and leave the vengeance unto the Lord? I think that's just a safe place to be. So what are we learning from this scripture? If we want God's grace and mercy when we're being judged, we need to give that same grace and mercy to those that have harmed or that have hurt us. So let's use this as our proper type of judgment, one with love, grace, and mercy. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 is going to give us a classic case of what improper judging looks like. This is be a passage that uh, we are all very familiar with. It's somewhat funny, but it has a seriousness underneath it as well. It says, why do you seek, why do you see the speck? That is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Wow. A lot is being said here in this scripture, but I think we can bring quite a bit of clarity to it. First of all, what makes this a classic case of improper judgment? It is very clear. What's going on here in this scripture is we have, we have highlighted the sin in somebody else's life, and we have overlooked the sin in our own life. And the scripture here is referring to that as, 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 as being hypocritical. We, we, we as human, we are imperfect, and it, it's so easy for us to, to weigh sin. We weigh sin. My sin is not as bad as your sin. You, 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 you're worse off than me. But when we really look at sin, now there may be earthly consequences, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get life in prison for stealing grapes out of, out, out of Walmart, right? So there are earthly consequences. <laughs> That's a pretty clear point right there. Life. Well, I got three grapes. Actually, it was two and a half. I spit one out, right? <laughs> so you're not going to get life for stealing a few grapes. But when we sin, we got to take our scales off. Guys, all sin before God is displeasing. All sin. So when we begin to point out the sin in somebody else's life and, 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 and not give that same amount or even more so to the attention in our own life, 
and then we go and try to, to, to get that little speck out of your eye, the scripture is calling that hypocritical. And we're not to do that. What we must know and understand relative to this scripture, what is it implying that is that we all have blind spots. I got blind spots. You got blind spots. We will probably all, to some degree, leave here and, and, and go eat somewhere. And, this, you know, just kind of play this scripture out. It, it will be like, you know, you're, you're sitting in, uh, in, in a restaurant and, 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 and I'm looking at Lainey and, and, and she has that, that black pepper in her teeth. And, and, and I'm just sitting there and I just let you have it, Lainey. You, you need to get that pepper out of your teeth. And what I don't realize is I got a whole leaf of, of collards <laughs> covering up two teeth on the left. And she, she's probably looking at me like, dude, if you can only see yourself. How hypocritical <laughs> is that, you know? But I'm just pointing out that pepper, that pepper, that pepper. Or worse yet, guys, sometimes we see the pepper and we don't, we don't, we don't tell them that there's pepper in their teeth. Now, I know somebody in each section has probably done that, right? Y'all seen that individual with the pepper in their teeth and you haven't communicated to them. But you know what? In a loving way, we have to be able to give and receive judgment. That's what grace looks like. That's what grace looks like. Galatians 6 and 5 puts this scripture into context for us. It says, brother, I'm sorry, Galatians 6 and 1, it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch of yourself, lest you too be tempted. The spiritual person. The spiritual person is examining not just that person's sin, but just as the scripture implied, first we look at ours. Then we can see clearly enough to go to that sister or brother. That's what the spiritual person would do. Go in soft and gentle, loving, knowing that next week, you could be the one with the pepper in your teeth. And we're just wishing that somebody would tell us that we're walking around with pepper in our teeth. Improper judgment causes us to lose perspective of our own evil and forget that we all have access to the same grace in Christ. Guys, we all have blind spots. We all have access to the same grace in Christ. Was, it, it, it was wrong. Okay. The, the reason why I, I, I paused there is because we, we came up, the guys that were in preach prep came up with that, and, um, and we was like, hey, guys, let's, let's, start, let's start quoting ourselves. So we start having a little fun, and, 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 and literally, that's why I look back, I was like, oh, my God, they didn't take it out of the, out of the presentation. But we had, we had called ourselves Journey Journey the Fazafield. Journey the Fazafield. Now, Journey, of course, that would have been Jordan. And Arnie, I'm the N-I-E. It was spelled J-O-R-N-I-E. So that was Journey. 
And then, of course, you got Stephen DeFazio. Did they put, oh, they didn't take it out. That's it. So you got DeFazio. That's Stephen DeFazio. And then, of course, Michael uh, Butterfield. So, uh, Pastor Mike, we said we're going to start quoting ourselves. So there, there, there you go right there. Oh, my God. I, we really had said we were going to take that out. So <laughs> that is not a real person. <laughs> it's just us having fun. But uh, improper judgment, when we don't look at ourselves, guys, it can give us the wrong perspective about others. But we all received, received the same access to the grace of God. So what, what should our heart be as it relates to judging? Whether we are judging or whether we are being judged. I think the title of our sermon today, Having a Heart of Humility, answers that question for us. We have to have a heart of humility. Proverbs 12 and 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. That's in the Bible. Stupid. <laughs> he who hates reproof. He who hates correction. He who hates judgment done properly. It's stupid. I think another version says a fool. This is serious business because we, we all need to continue to grow and to mature in Christ. This scripture, next scripture that we're going to read, Hebrews 12 and 11, lets us know that, guys, this correction, it could sting a little bit. It could sting a little bit. But this is the value that we should see in it. It says, for the moment, Hebrews 12 and 11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This scripture is saying, let discipline be your trainer. Let discipline be your trainer so that you will be able to walk in the fullness of the peacefulness of the fruit of the Spirit. We don't want to be foolish. There's another scripture that says that the heart of God is that he wants us to lack nothing. But y'all all know we got some blind spots. We all have some areas in our life that where we are lacking. So this scripture says here, we, we, we are to love discipline. We are to embrace this because we need it. <laughs> we need it. I need correction. I need for you to point stuff out in my life. The last scripture that we're going to be referencing, Matthew 7 and 6, um, may not be as familiar as some of the other scriptures, but I think we're going to be able to bring quite a bit of clarity to it as well. It says, do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them on the foot and turn to attack you. It's a lot going on in that scripture, but let, 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 let's break it down. First of all, the dogs and the pigs. Sounds like a fictional story in a kid's book, right? We're going to talk about the dogs and the pigs. But really and truly, in this scripture, the dogs and the pigs are representing those individuals that persistently reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those that consistently and persistently, every time you go to them, they're just rejecting it. And a lot of times, you know, even in the body of Christ, when correction comes, we can consistently and persistently reject that correction. And the scripture has already called us what we are when we consistently do that. 
and, do, and don't heed the love and the warning that God may be sending to us. But he, he said, you know, don't, don't, don't expend all of your energy to these individuals. He's, he's basically saying this could, when it's all said and done, call more, cause more damage than good. I grew up in a church um, as a kid, and we, we hurt a lot of people. We were pretty dogmatic, dogmatic a, a, about our, our stances and, 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 and what we thought the word of God meant. And, and we were really trying to clean people up before they got saved. And we put all of these things out there from in. And, and every time we would see them, we would hammer them with these things. And I will tell you, we, we ran a lot of people off. We ran a lot of people off because our stance was so harsh. It was so cold. I, I, we, we wanted a, it to be a good outcome, but, man, we were pushing people away. And I believe that some of those people that probably were primed and ready to be saved, the way that we approached them was so intrusive, we, we ran them off. When it's done properly, when it's done properly, when you've sown that word of God, when you're trusting the word of God that you have spoken in truth and love, when it goes out, Scripture lets us know that that word will not return unto you void. We have to learn to let the power that is within that word work in the lives of those individuals. Now, it's not a, a cold thing that you're letting them go. The right thing to do is to trust the Holy Spirit within that word to do the work. And you will find sometimes maybe five, ten years later, those individuals come back and they'll say, hey, remember that time you talked to me and I rejected that truth? Man, that was on my mind ever since that day. Every now and then that will pop back up. And now those individuals are walking with God. So that's what this scripture is saying, that there's, there's a time that where we need to call it off. And trust the power of the Holy Spirit to go and to work in the lives of those individuals. So how do we properly judge? Now that we know that we can judge, it's okay. Jesus has given us a great example. How do we do it properly? First of all, we want to pray. You know that you, you, you've not been called to correct every little thing in somebody's life. Guys, you don't have to respond to everything that comes up that disagrees with the word of God or your standards or your appearance or your opinions when it pops up on faith. You do not. Did y'all know that? You do not have to reply to all of them. You don't have to. So, 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 so the first thing we should do if we want to, to render proper judgment is to pray. So I can see you with your phone right now, Lord. I'm looking at this post. It is way off. Now, Lord, shout I punish them publicly. <laughs> of course, with the power and authority that you've given me. Shout this be the... No, like David. Father, will you give me victory? <laughs> but we're to pray. We don't have to respond to everything. Bring that situation to God. And then the next thing we need, we need to love them. You know, it's going to be hard to bring proper judgment when we're going out of a heart that's not filled with God's love. Some kind of a way that thing's going to come out selfishly. So we have to make sure that we're loving them and not being fearful. You know, we got to speak the truth in love. I think that's the point number three here. This may be uncomfortable. You know, there are classes that people actually teach to how to communicate difficult information. We lack in that category. We lack. 
And so when we don't know how to do it properly, sometimes we lash out or that selfishness get in there and all that kind of good stuff, and it doesn't turn out right. But if we want to properly judge someone, we have to speak the truth. And when we speak the truth, we can go back up to the second one, speak the truth in love. This may be uncomfortable, but I believe this. If you view God as a loving judge, you will give loving judgment. There's a love that has to be so strong in us. Mr. Arnie, it's going to be challenging, but I love you enough to come forward, even though on the inside I'm shivering like a child because I'm afraid that I might hurt you. I'm afraid that I really like you, right? right? I don't, I don't, I don't want to mess up your day, but if I love you, and if I know how much the Father loves me and what he does for me when I need to be corrected, that love should be strong enough to propel me to come to you in the proper way. Now, we shift gears and say, what, 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 what if they don't receive it? What if they don't receive your reply to your Facebook post and slam you publicly and start talking about stuff that ain't had nothing to do with the post? Anyway, we can't take it personal. We can't take it personal. It's amazing. The same two steps, first two steps that we do when we're trying to properly judge, it's the same two steps that we must apply to our lives. Guess what? When they reject us, we got to pray for them. We got to pray for them. We can't curse them. We have to bless them before God. We have to trust God is still going to go forth and work in the lives of those individuals. We still have to love them. As the scripture says, when Jesus was talking, he was teaching us, don't, don't feel that you have been rejected. They have, they have rejected God. Because when this thing all boils down, guys, and when we are standing before Christ, there's going to be two group of people there. Those that rejected him, and those that received him. So when, 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 when we do go and communicate what it is that we need to communicate and it gets rejected, don't, don't take it personal. In fact, the best thing that we can do is continue to live the truth of the word that we know to be God's standard. I wrote it in my notes here that your life might be the only Bible that a lot of people will have an opportunity to read. Your life might be the only glimpse of Jesus. And man, what people need to see, even when they reject you, is that you still love them. Brother, I ain't going to stop speaking to you. I'm going to still love you. I'm still praying for you. I ain't going to beat you over the head every time I, I, I see you with the word. I ain't going to let you know that you, 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 you just rejecting God. You just, no, I ain't going to try to belittle you or beat you down. I'm going to still love you. I'm going to still live the life that God has called me to live before you in hopes that it will draw you unto God. You know, a lot of times in our homes, particularly in the marital situations, when we're going through disputes and things of that nature, it's like, how do you handle this when one, one spouse or the other is not seeming to be walking with God and they're rejecting the truth? And you may feel that you just got to go in and beat that person up with that word every day. I'm telling you, be cautious there. Be cautious there. You could be pushing them farther away. Again, we have to pray through this. But the scripture, in the particular example that it is giving, in, in, in the scripture talks about the wife, if she continues to do good, 
could potentially draw that husband to Christ. And it could happen the same way. That husband, you continue to do good, to stand, uh, following the standards and, and the word of God, let that become your mouthpiece. We ain't got to say it all the time. Sometimes it's best to be seen. When they want to see you on the prayer, how are you going to respond to that? Let that love be one that would draw them closer. Now, what if, what if it's you being judged? What if it's you being judged? Same thing. We got to pray. We got to pray about it. Lord, is, 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 is this true? Lord, will you search my heart? I remember at one time I was, I, was, I was being so hard on myself, and, and, and God showed me this. He, says, he said, Arnie, you're not qualified to judge yourself to that degree. If I'm not qualified to judge myself to that degree, you know, that, 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 that means I, I should at least, when someone brings something to me, just say, hey, thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray about that. Not in a rebellious attitude. It's just say, I, I, that may kind of caught me off guard. That kind of hit me right in my face. It's okay to take a step back and to examine what has been communicated to you so that you can pray about it. Pray about it. And then the next one again, we got to love. We got to love. Now, what does this love look like? This love is simply meaning be thankful. That God has placed people in your life that loves you enough to say something about it. Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk around with toilet tissue on my boots. I, I, I don't want to walk around with, 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 with black pepper in my teeth. I, I don't want to be up here worshiping with Morgan and I got collard greens just from here over. Lord, you're awesome. Man, we, we should be thankful. That's what the scripture says. We should love discipline. We should embrace that. We should welcome that. We should see it as God loving us too much to allow us to walk off the cliff. We should pray and we should love. My brother used to tell me years ago when he was kind of, he got, he's much older than me and, 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 he would often tell me about the family and how it was when I was too little to understand the family dynamics. And, and he, he, he had a slogan, and I shared it with my wife, but he used to say sometimes, he said, Arnie, you have, to, you have to eat the meat and throw away the bone. And sometimes when judgment comes, God, it may not all be right. But I'll tell you, a lot of times when people are bringing something to you, they're, 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 just, just, could it be? I know you're close to perfect, but could it be? We should examine ourselves at least for a moment. And if it is correct, what should we do next? We should repent. Proper judgment requires a proper response. If there's sin, if there's correction that needs to be done, we need to repent. Thank you, Lord, for sending that person. You are 100 you are spot on, Pastor Mike. We repent. And we get back on the bike, and we go on down the road with God. This world, this world is composed today of a lot of judgmentalism. And you, you may be in this room today and you've been hurt by someone judging you improperly. 
They came at you too hard. They, it, it was just wrong. It was a lie. They should probably have slandered your name and, 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 and have pronounced judgments that, that are just not right. The enemy wants you to walk under the condemnations that this world has to offer. Some of you in this room today, the, the, the enemy has, 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 has told you that you're not good enough. He's told you that you're not made in the image of God. He's told you that you can be whatever you want to be. He's tried to, to, to minimize God's standards and God's things that he has spoken about you. And he's trying to pervert them and to, to pronounce that judgment upon you. And, and sometimes when we hear something often enough and long enough, guys, we'll begin to believe it. But, but God's standard is, is, is the standard that matters most. Not what the world has called and have said that you are, but what God said. God says you, are, you have been made in his image. You were beautifully and wonderfully crafted and made that he knew you even before you were formed in your mother's womb. When the world has said, you're not worth anything. When the world has, has told you, you're too black. I've been told that. Can you imagine? You're too black. It's probably have told you, you're too white. These are just pronouncements that the world has thrown on us. And sometimes those things hit us, and sometimes they, they have hurt us. But I believe in the one true judge, the one who knows everything, who sees everything, who knows the proper weights and measurements for everything you may be in this room today and and not have a relationship or have experienced a relationship with our lord and savior jesus christ that will tell you that hey what they're saying are lies and it doesn't matter come learn my standard and my ways if you don't have a relationship with jesus and the weight of this world, its judgmentalism that it has pr pronounced on you, you have an opportunity today to walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ has already paid for. You have that great opportunity right now to take advantage of this gift of free salvation. Let's get along with God. If that is you and you don't have a relationship with God and you've been hurt. You've, you've, you've tried multiple churches and judgmentalism was just too, too, too weighty and you've been running and you're just looking for a safe place to land and to, to not be judged. To where you can just come as you are and allow God to continue to guide and lead you and to teach you in all of his ways. If you don't have that relationship and want to have that relationship with him, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And I'm going to just ask you to simply repeat after me. It says, Dear Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I repent of them now. 
I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die upon the cross for my sins. I believe that he has been raised from the dead. Dear Lord, your word says that if I believe these things, then I am saved. So Lord, I take you at your word and confess today you as my Lord and my Savior. Teach me now to love you and how to serve you all the days of my life. Amen.